0: Like, oh. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I didn't Julia. I'm graduate of Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills.
1: I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I'm to do this all day.
0: The Matt Sodnicka Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Matt Sodnikar. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing and commenting. I do appreciate it. That means a lot. And with me today is a new Instagram now in real life friend, uh, Corey James. She's a tattooer. She's a triathlete. She's the founder of Fill the Well Athletics. She is a self-love advocate. And just over the course of our conversations on Instagram and in person, I thought she would be a fantastic podcast guest. And so with that, hello Corey. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So let's dive into how we got connected. This was through Instagram through the warm front and fill the well athletics. I had seen a post mm-hmm. from Jack Roo Clothing Company, which is a great apparel company, in California. And just started chatting and i loved the vibe i love the message and take me through fill the well the origin story and why it matters to you
1: yeah uh that's actually interesting to know that you found me through jackaroo that's really cool because i was just about to ask like oh was it a hashtag like how did we even get connected so yeah that's awesome was, i'll that? have to yeah it was one of their posts. Send yeah, I'll have to send them an, an extra thank you. I'm constantly thanking them for putting up with me because I email them all the time. <laughs> and like my little representative, I believe his name is Rico. Um, I'm constantly just like, thank you. Thank you for putting up with me because i bother you all the time. Um, so that's good to know. I'll, I need to like send them flowers or something. Um, so yeah, founding of Fill the Well Athletics, I uh, I founded it during the pandemic, of course, because why wouldn't you start a business during a pandemic? I mean, what else are you going to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I, we had just moved to Boulder, and um, we had been here for a few months when quarantine happened, and I've been a triathlete for about six years now and had always wanted to find a way to start a business in the triathlon industry without taking away my creativity, because that's like a huge part of who I am and how I kind of like live life is through creation. Um, And during the pandemic, uh, my former coach who is now hiking the Appalachian Trail, that's the only reason she's not my coach anymore. So I have to clarify that she's the best, Carrie, I love you. Um, but she had used Jack Roo for our team kits that we were gonna do for this coming race season. And I had helped her design them. And then she told me about Jack Roo's, um like process and how you don't have to invest a whole buttload of money before before getting a bunch of products, it's all print to order. So I was like, Oh, oh, I can do this now. Like I don't have the extra cash, especially during a pandemic. But I have the time to create and I have the time to to kind of sit down and make this a reality, like something that I've been dreaming of for years. And yeah, it was when I found out about Jackaroo and had three months off from work, thanks to quarantine, <laughs> I, you know, I, I had the chance to, to sit down and start. I've been journaling about it for a while, which is a big part of my like, um, I guess, mindfulness practice is journaling, and and uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to make this happen. I mean, it's probably not the best timing. Nobody's going to be spending money on triathlon race kits when there's no triathlons, <laughs> but who cares? I'll at least get it started and start building awareness, and it's, it's honestly been like a super cool journey so far.
0: Well, just to give everybody listening some context, in the custom apparel world for cycling, running, and triathlon, there's typically you create a design and they have minimums you have to pre-order these. Mm -hmm. And so companies have been driving down the minimums, which makes sense, but it has always been very cost prohibitive because you have to invest. You have to kind of take a guess at what people are going to like. And even when I sold custom apparel in my day, I would tell people shop owners, especially, I would tell them two things like nobody's going to love your logo as much as you are (laughs) and B never buy clothing. And they're like, wait, you're the clothing guy. And I'm like, look, trust me on this one. You're not ever going <laughs> to.
1: Believe me. That's <laughs> yeah. so funny. It's yeah. so true. And it's so like, especially because I, I don't have any experience in retail, but I had done some pre-order kits in the past um, to do, to sell for charity. And it was always so stressful to me to like set up the pre-order and try and like remind people like, no, really, once the pre-orders close, you don't get it. Like I'm not ordering any extra at all. Like this is it. And then you know, of course, two weeks after people start getting their kits, you start getting emails like, "Where can I order this?" It's like, no, you can't. <laughs> so like, yeah, the fear, and yeah, I just I had no intentions of investing a whole buttload of money and in, in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> Like, sorry to keep using Pandolce, pandemic, Pandemi Lovato is what my friend calls it. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I uh, Jack Roo is a big a big saver, and I'm constantly grateful for them. And they're a huge part of fill the well, which is why I like I like to mention them as often as I can.
0: Yeah, and they they are a great company. I've used them for a couple different uh, designs and things, but. And this is not a discussion about custom apparel, but you're absolutely right. The model is broken or not broken, but customers just can't get their head around that because they think that Mm -hmm. they could run down to the store and get another bag of chips. Or they think they could go to the mall and just get, Hey, is there more in the back? And it's like, no.
1: Right. And same with like, you know, everyone's used to Amazon prime two day shipping. It's like, no, you're going to, you're going to pre-order this. And then, two months from now, I'm going to close the pre-order, then I'll order it. And then two months after that, you'll actually get it. So like, that sounds fun, right?
0: Yeah. With delayed gratification. I don't yeah. think so.
1: Yeah. That's not part of our uh, culture anymore.
0: Right. So back to fill <laughs> the well. Sort of, yes. Yes. Let's get into that. Cause that's the whole, the, the crux of this, that I, I really wanted to get the message out. So talk to me about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. So, um, fill the well, uh, it's, it's very heavily, like all of my designs are based in self-love and just kind of like a positive vibe. That's why I use lots of bright colors. Um, as someone who suffers from anxiety and depression, I always say I have enough natural sad that I don't want to be surrounded by sad. (laughs) It's like, that's one of my favorite things to say. Uh, I was like, I was born with a bunch of sad. So that's why I don't listen to sad music. I don't watch sad movies. I, I like positive, uplifting things because it helps balance me out. And I think that that's really important. Um, and also being a tattooer and a tattooed athlete, uh, I wanted to kind of include some of my tattoo background with the design work without it just being the tattoo brand. Because um, I think a lot, of, a lot of triathlon brands have tried to utilize tattoo art. And for me, they have failed. <laughs> in respecting the classic designs or have kind of like you know just it's just not what a tattooer would would want in my in my personal opinion as a traditional tattoo artist um and I love advocating for self-love uh as someone not only with the anxiety and depression I know I sound like a huge bummer but (laughs) I also (laughs) suffered from an eating disorder when I was younger and a continued to deal with that and body image issues. So I wanted to create a brand in the triathlon community specifically, specifically that celebrates all people, all bodies, all genders, all non-genders. Like I wanted to include everyone and make it as inclusive as possible. And, um, yeah. And, and with coming up with the name, I, uh, there's a book. I, I'm very much inspired by lots of different books. Uh, I, I bring up books in most of interviews I've done about anything in my life. It's like, oh, oh good, yeah, this book good. changed my life. Yeah, <laughs> I love books. <laughs> um, and it's called The Artist's Way, which I am going since I have my phone right here. I keep forgetting the name of the author. The artist. No, go on internet. The Artist's Way. Oh, by Julia Cameron. That's who it is. Okay. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this really incredible book. It's like a 12-week kind of thing where you do the little weekly process kind of thing. And it's supposed to help you kind of um, reinvigorate your creativity and also kind of like get in touch with your inner child, which she associates very heavily with creativity, which I totally agree with in a lot of ways. Um, but a lot of the book is about kind of this idea of you have to love yourself and like show your self-respect to be able to be the best artist you can be and to create the best stuff that you want to create and to love people that you care about, like to love them to your fullest potential as well, which I think is huge. So she always talks about filling your well. Uh, and how she wants you to fill your well so that you can, if your well is full, then you can create to your fullest potential and I kind of took that as if your well is full that means you have enough to fill other people's wells and help them as well, which is like so important to me so fill the well came into my head one day and I thought being a tattooer and a total potty mouth I thought it was funny (laughs) (laughs) but it's spelled f-t-w which can mean for the win or it could mean other f the world and I thought it was really ironic and funny that the meaning is the exact opposite of that so that's why I named it fill the well uh maybe that's because I have like a weird sense of humor I don't know but so far it's worked out (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, it makes sense to me, for sure. <laughs>
1: right? I don't know. I mean, like, it's not... I wanted something that you could pronounce easily because I I get so frustrated when I don't actually know Good marketing how to pronounce practice, a yeah. brand. <laughs> and there's so many incredible brands out there. Like, I hope I'm like, I think I'm allowed to like say this, but I thought it was Hoka 1-1 for years. And the first time I heard Hoka One-One, I went, what? <laughs> it, like totally blew my mind. Um, so yeah, I wanted something that you could easily read and pronounce. However, I have when I say it out loud, people go, feel, feel the the whale? And I'm like <laughs> 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 Which doesn't help because I'm southern, so sometimes well sounds like whale.
0: Well, that's your alternate logo now.
1: <laughs> I know no, I actually have been wanting to make that like a instead of the instead of the lightning bolt in the middle, make it like a shamu or something.
0: No, oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, marketing and branding 101, make it easy to pronounce with no yeah. ambiguity. Right.
1: That's a... I mean like and another one like Wazelle. I love that brand because it's like female owned, female run, very female empowerment. But I had no idea how to say it for so long. And I think it's so amazing that they have done so well, really, like, have built a name on a name that a lot of people don't even know how to pronounce. (laughs) I think that's amazing. Maybe that's just proof of how good they are at what they're doing. I don't know.
0: (laughs) That could be. That could be. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. And I want to just go back to, like, what you'd said about being naturally sad. I have a very my my mental diet is more rigorous than my actual physical diet because of the same way like i hate um the true crime shows i don't watch documentaries that are the the murder porn and all that stuff because nope. at you know, various times in my life when i've been challenged in that way that stuff really has either a uh, a subtle in impact where I'm not aware or it just I was like, wow, that, so I'm trying to be neutral or positive And I understand that yeah. there's waves where, you know, not every day is going to be, I'm not going to be positive all the time, but I understand that mm-hmm. there's challenges and I just need to like, all right, this is temporary, not a problem. Yeah. But like, when did you find out you had anxiety and depression?
1: Um, I wasn't, I mean, I, I think I've been dealing with it since high school, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand. And that was also when, you know, I, I was in high school in the early 2000s. So I was a little emo kid listening to emo music and wondering why I was so sad.
0: <laughs> what would you listen to?
1: <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like Bright Eyes, Dashboard Confessional, all those ones that are like so sad.
0: <laughs> My Chemical Romance. <laughs>
1: Oh, I definitely listened to a little bit, and then also yeah. I had like Fall Out Boy. I might, I might look cool with all these tattoos. I'm not, y'all. I'm not. I, li- <laughs> I listen. I am not cool. Like I never have been. I I love this band, um, The Devil Wears Prada, which is if anyone knows that band, they know how doofy they are. But God, I, love
0: I do them. love Fall Out Boy. I got to admit, in my chemical oh, romance.
1: Even today, yeah. I was listening mm-hmm. to Fall Out Boy two days ago at work everyone left. So I was like, time to put on some pop punk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was um, officially told like, oh, you're dealing with depression. Um, I think three or four years ago is when I started taking antidepressants for the first time, which was like a life-changing experience for me personally. I'm also very open about being medicated for my mental health because I don't think it's anything anyone should be ashamed of. And there's
0: absolutely not. No. Yeah.
1: And even in 2021, there, there is still quite a lot of stigma around medication because people want you to be holistic and people want you to try everything green before you go to that kind of medicine. And I did do that for years. I tried so hard to avoid it. And for me, I think I would have been a much happier person if I had just gone, okay, my brain just doesn't function the way it's supposed to. That's okay. It just needs a little help. Um, and when I finally opened up to a doctor and started taking medication, it was like, God, my only regret was that I hadn't started sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: What are you taking?
1: Uh, I am now I've gone through a little bit of like experimental because you know it 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 takes time to find what's right for you and that's one thing I didn't really realize at first um but I'm on I can't I can't remember the name of it that's okay (laughs) (laughs) okay. I can't it's one of those weird long ones that I can't pronounce so I I don't know but it's been great so far I just started on this one a few weeks ago and it's been actually really nice so And and the point is
0: not to have like a a brand recommendation. It's to have the awareness to seek help and then understand that it might be a journey till you find something that works.
1: Yeah. And like, it's different for everyone. I I know a number of, I have a number of friends who we kind of discuss it regularly to kind of see like, Oh, how's your journey with this going? Um, And like for them, one medication might work and it might be terrible for me. So it's just like everybody's, got a different journey in it for sure
0: oh yeah it's like gels or energy bars or something yeah like it's totally. your body's gonna be your body
1: <laughs> uh-huh. like and i'm one of those people if it says uh possible side effects i usually get like 50 percent of them like i'm just <laughs> that person somehow it's like well nailed it well wow looking I'm, I'm pretty much my whole journey has been trying to find the one where i don't get 50 percent of the side effects and just get the like good stuff
0: excellent the good, parts. Yeah. <laughs> good luck
1: <laughs> right it's, a, it's taken some time it's been some some interesting times for sure
0: <laughs> well i can totally relate to the um all body types thing because i'm a a a, a big cyclist, literally and figuratively, I'm six, four and, you know, two thirty is what I weighed in at. So very big for a cyclist, but, you know, we'll go to these events and I'm sure I know triathlon is the same way. There'll be people that are three, you know, 4% body fat. And then I even have this, where I was like, jeez that I, you know i look at that <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and i i ride because i love it and i ride because i want to you know burn those calories in advance so i can grab some beers or you know nachos <laughs> whatever the case may be but i've i wouldn't say suffered it's not that strong but i've done that comparison too where i see totally. the feeds on instagram and like jeez
1: mm-hmm. i'm fat. like is that is that what yeah. i'm supposed to look like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for me, like not only coming into triathlon as someone who was recovering from an eating disorder and like learning to to love my body and kind of like fuel it properly, which took a long time. But also I would show up and realize there are so many kinds of human beings here and we're all here for the same reason and it's to race and sometimes those people with 2% body fat they are not as strong as they look they might look strong but you go flying past them it doesn't matter what your body looks like when your engine works well you know like you definitely especially i feel like especially in triathlon and cycling in particular you cannot judge a book by its cover they oh no you don't even know <laughs> you have no idea cuz like you could see someone and write them off and then they come <laughs> flying by you <laughs> You never know.
0: Well, and the self-love too. I, I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, but I'll, I'll state it here that I had, I had heard a podcast with Tim Ferriss and he had a guy, I need to get his name, but he's a performance coach for professional tennis players mostly. And he noticed that the difference in what people said to themselves during performances, in tennis performances, had a huge impact on the outcome Mm -hmm. and he would notice these things. And he said that we say stuff to ourselves that is, we would never say to anybody. And I started journaling again in January and not as part of like um, a new year's day, new year's resolutions just because I hadn't been doing it for a while. i had done it consistently for years and I started journaling Uh, differently when it came to talking about myself. Whereas, Mm -hmm. yeah, before it's like, oh man, like, hey, time to get your shit together. It's time, you know, you you had the holidays, you had time to stop being a slob, stop being lazy. (laughs) And I would, again, try to be neutral or positive and just say that, okay, you know, yeah, you did get a pizza for lunch, but you know, it took you three days to eat it. It's like, all right. Hey, that was... Yeah, you could have done it all in one sitting which I definitely have that capability but oh, yeah. just being <laughs> you know more kind and more supportive when I'm thinking about those things and not yeah. but not going so far into delusion right
1: right because
0: mm-hmm. that I think can be the danger on on yourself because then you're getting away from reality and. Totally and it's it's a fine balance but i want to tend more like i said from zero to positive than Mm yeah because you're right the world's the world is not ever going to have a shortage of people lining up to beat you down and if you're first in line that's a mistake
1: (laughs) right oh my god that's such a good you should that should be a headline like there's never what is it what do you okay i don't remember write this down there's never a shortage (laughs) of people who want to beat you down you shouldn't be first in line
0: like like that's huge
1: yeah (laughs) you shouldn't be the first person in line to take your own you know to like crap all over yourself yeah (laughs) that's good i like that but um yeah on, on all of that note like um with the the negativity and stuff like and, and like you use the word balance, I think balance is also something that we, we need to discuss when, when discussing positivity, because there is such a thing as toxic positivity. And I do agree with that. <laughs> you know, like, which is a, I hate the fact that that's a saying toxic yeah. positivity that upsets me. But I mean, it, it does exist. Um, but the balance in, in accepting that you're not going to be positive all the time, and going, okay, I'm having a bad day. I'm not I'm not loving myself right now, but that's okay. I'll get through it and I'll, I'll get those negative thoughts under control eventually. Cause I think it's when we, when we hit those negative thoughts and then just go, I failed, you know, and like get into that, that failure mindset. That's the, that's the kicker right there. That'll just, that'll throw you down faster than anything.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And a book that I I've mentioned a lot that has, definitely saved me is um learned optimism by martin seligman and he he talks about that too is that generally life is pretty good and generally it's gonna be you'll be in a good mood and just that when these things land they're probably temporary you know and having been through uh, deaths in the family and divorces and things like that like it feels like it's going to be forever but I look back on those times now and they're kind of like a, like, Oh, it's like a movie that I saw that was impactful, but it had been yeah. years ago. And kind of like, Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. And it does get it did better. Through that. Yeah. Hard in the moment. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. It's hard in the moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't have those experiences personally, but I, I remember thinking when I was like at my, my sickest with my eating disorder that like, there was no way I was ever going to eat a normal meal, like a normal person ever again. And like the first time I did and kind of recognized that I had just eaten till I was full and then stopped and was fine. And I was just like, Oh, that's such a big deal. Like I didn't even realize it. It was like, Oh my God, it's huge.
0: Little victories.
1: It's the little victories. Absolutely.
0: So what was your disorder or what is your Uh, disorder?
1: I mean, I wasn't like diagnosed specifically, but I mean, I would avoid food at all. Like I I would, um, what's the word? Uh, 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 Fast? I can't think of it. No. uh, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't eat. I would overwork out. I would overtrain and I wouldn't eat or fuel afterwards. Um, So I guess it could be considered anorexia, but I was never like physically told by a doctor, you have anorexia, because I didn't go to doctors, because I didn't want them to tell me that I was sick. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was mostly that. And I think I always um, say when referring to eating disorders, though, that it's not really about food. Like, of course it is because we're avoiding it, but it's so much more. It is a mental health issue more than it is a physical itch- issue. Um, it is the self-loathing, the negativity, the the things you say to yourself when you look in the mirror, the things you say to yourself when you do anything. It is so much more than food. It is. It affects your entire life, not just your diet. <laughs> That's for sure
0: yeah so much more than food that that's such a powerful statement
1: yeah and you mentioned yeah, at your like,
0: sickest what was what did that look like when that landed, um, when that hit
1: so this was when i was probably 20 21 um, it was like when i was at my thinnest uh, i was like genuinely sick like, with either a cold, like, my immune system was garbage, my hair was thinning, um, like, I was having daily panic attacks because of how I felt physically <laughs> was affecting my mental health, either, even more than my mental health was affecting my, like, physical body, like, it was just all combined, um, yeah, and I don't like to use numbers, because I think, like when I, I don't, I don't want to say what my weight was or any of that uh-huh. stuff, because I used to compare my level of sickness to other people's sickness. So if I, so, so that's why I was like, oh, I'm not sick. Cause I'm not that, I'm not that little, <laughs> I'm not in the hospital. So I'm not that sick. Um, but yeah, that's the, the sickest I was, was probably between 20 and 23 years old. Hmm. And then at 25, I found triathlon and like, Physically, I had gained some of the weight back, but it wasn't until 25 and when I found triathlon and triathlon really changed my life and made me and started helping the mental health side of it. Um, that was when I like to say that my recovery really began. And, and what about so.
0: it? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I, um, I'm i impressed by the insight that you have not throwing a number out there because again yeah. that's something that's so individualized for mm-hmm. for everybody and yeah yeah and just being aware of how bad you felt did you get sick of feeling sick yeah
1: or? oh my okay. god yeah but then also like the mental health side of it the depression and anxiety side of it because i think eating disorders and depression are bfs for sure and anxiety like they are homies they love each other um <laughs> the um oh no where where was i going with this what were we saying oh about not oh. saying the numbers
0: uh, sick about being sick
1: oh yeah 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 and um i i was just like i, I was just genuinely exhausted of, by hating myself <laughs> <laughs> you know like i finally i i just had this moment especially once triathlon kind of came into my peripheral and started going hey maybe you should try this out um i i suddenly just had this feeling of like why the fuck feel free to believe that out am oh, no. i wasting <laughs> okay like why the fuck am i wasting my life doing this i am because i am such like for me being alive is such a gift like it's, it's just huge because I have had friends who have passed away at a young age, suddenly out of nowhere. And you like the fact that we aren't constantly going, holy crap, I'm alive. This is amazing. Like that's not, that's not doing those people justice who didn't get the chance to get to where we are or experience what we we experienced. So I, I kind of had this moment of like, I'm alive. I do not want to feel like this for the rest of my life. This is fucking miserable. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm only alive this one time. So why am I wasting my time hating myself? And it finally just like flipped this switch and and I was like, okay, if I want the life that I truly dream of where I travel the world and I do all this cool stuff, I'm never going to be able to do that if I'm thinking about I can't travel the world. What am I going to when am I going to get to do my workout? What if I have to eat foods that don't make me comfortable? You know, like that's just not going to happen. So if I want to live my life is like to the potential that I really truly want, I got to change and, and triathlon helped with that because I also started going, okay, I want to be strong too. Like, not only do I want to be healthy, I want to be like a badass. I want to be strong. (laughs) I'm tired of feeling weak and like, you know, letting essentially letting society tell, like push that, like women should be the weaker sex are the weaker sex and should be small and dainty and fit into this little box. And I had this moment of like, fuck that. I want to be strong. I want to break the box. I want to rip it into shreds. And I want to live my <laughs> life, you know? <laughs> and it just kind of happened all at once. It was a really uh, eye-opening and wonderful experience. It wasn't easy. I'm not going to say that I I found triathlon and then all of a sudden I love myself and everything was daisies. That's not true. I still have days where I, I look in the mirror and don't feel great. I still have days where... I go on a run and I think I suck at this. Why am I doing this? You know, like it's once again, it's that balance thing and accepting that the bad days come, but we always have to know that the good days are going to outweigh it eventually, at least at some point, you know?
0: Well, nothing holds up to comparison and Mm. even Mm -hmm. the most magical day, the most magical meal relationship, the minute you start deconstructing it and comparing it to anything else, it's going to, very quickly and with a steep hockey stick fall apart
1: Mm -hmm. and I think um there's actually a quote from I think it's from the artist way she says comparison is the theft of joy or like the theft of life's joy and it's so true
0: I've heard that and I always wondered where that came from okay
1: well I think her quote like she there's lots of quotes throughout the whole book on the like outsides from other people i i know i wrote it down from that book but i can't remember exactly who said it
0: that is so true
1: it really is
0: (laughs) so before you found triathlon were there other things that you had tried just like in general to Mm -hmm. i don't want to say escape but improve and and really have a, a trajectory to uh be better were the things that you had tried that just didn't quite work
1: yeah um I mean I was really active and competitive when I was younger and um I started I did my first half marathon when I was still very thin and I didn't even I didn't eat anything during the whole damn race which is so stupid um but I had that was like starting the, the ball towards triathlon because I wanted to get back into competition. I just hadn't found something that like flipped that switch yet. Cause I was using running just as a means to burn calories. Um, and I was being very unhealthy about it, even though I absolutely adore running. So it was kind of ruining running for me, you know? Um, And I did my first marathon as well before triathlon and I loved it. I, I just like, they were like a spiritual experience, you know, crossing the finish line of your first long distance, any race is just like, Oh my God, I did that. And then it started, I started going, okay, well, what if I want to do that better next time? I'm not going to be able to do that better if I'm doing this to my body. And, um, so, the running, I was getting injured a lot with running because of the high impactness mm. of it and my lack of fueling. So, um, the injuries really were a problem. And then when I found triathlon and thought, okay, I have two low impact sports with my favorite high impact sport, that'll probably help too. <laughs> and that's kind of where I shifted from endurance running to endurance triathlon too. I still love running though. I just love running. Not everybody does. I know a lot of people hate it. I love it. That's my jam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I wouldn't say I love it. I enjoy it. And I was dating somebody years ago that got me into it and I hated running. And <clears throat> she introduced me into, uh, uh, the, uh, the run, walk method. I forget who, mm-hmm. uh, the coach that, that introduced that.
1: Is that like the couch to 5k thing?
0: Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. And I realized that, oh, I could run for simply a minute and then walk for 30 seconds mm-hmm. and then actually got into it. And so running is definitely a core part of my uh, fitness arsenal. And yeah. I, yeah, I look forward to it. And I, it's weird that if I don't run for two weeks, my body feels worse.
1: Totally. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And in the oh, weird places yeah. like muscles and joints where I think I would uh-huh. feel better, but I was like, Oh no, if I just go out for even a mile or two simply resets yeah. me and it mm-hmm. it's, it's there.
1: That's good stuff. <laughs> good stuff.
0: <laughs> and one of the, I want to go back to fill the well and your, your site and your Instagram feed. And the thing that I love about it is that it's, looks just like people that I ride with. It's not, I mean, technically they're models because they're wearing your stuff and you photograph them, but they're not models in the sense of perfection. And these are the same, the faces are different, but it's the same people I ride with.
1: Yeah. And I want to talk
0: about as you were building the brand and being inclusive, uh, what that looks like for you.
1: Yeah. So I've been super lucky that, um, all of the models have been just volunteer people, either friends or people who I've like found online and they've been like, yeah, I'll wear it I'll come hang out. And it's like, awesome. <laughs> um, and it's been really fun. I, I, I'm getting to the point, um, where I can afford, cause at first I was literally just buying stuff in my size because that's all I could afford starting out. Um, but I finally have been like, all right, I'm gonna start investing, and I'm getting more and more sizes as well. Like, I love the diversity of the shapes on certain sites. I love the diversity of skin tone and and everything. So I'm finally getting to the point where it's like, all right, I'm ordering sizes extra small through triple XL because I want everyone on this page. Um, I even have a, a person that I hopefully will get to do a photo shoot with who is um, non-binary and also, um, uh, physically not physically able to walk there in a wheelchair. And it's like, I want, yes, please wear my stuff. I would love to represent you. Cause I think it's so important. Those people are athletes too. Like uh-huh. I participated back in Atlanta where I'm from, there's this uh, foundation called the Kyle Peace Foundation and it's, you run with athletes in wheelchairs and that they're the athletes you're just lending your legs so I think it's like so important to represent everyone um and I I'm hoping that as time goes on it can get even more diverse and more uh inclusive because at first sure my beautiful gorgeous friend Vani who is Indian American um she is the epitome of diversity but she is also a size extra small and like luckily we could like share my gear we could like okay i'll wear this you wear that kind of thing because i had to wear (laughs) i had to buy stuff i could train in so that i could create my own content when i didn't have a professional photographer around um but now it's like okay i'm getting i want i want everybody involved so hopefully we'll be able to get some more models who are like just all sizes all everything like oh i just love it <laughs> i want i want the tattooed ones i want everybody
0: <laughs> well if you need the dad bod box checked give me oh a call
1: God, yes <laughs> absolutely i'm gonna write that down call i'm Matt very familiar with dad bod. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> active dad bod let's call it
1: <clears throat> yeah but, yeah the six four dad bod so yeah Good to go.
0: <laughs> I'm very familiar with Kyle Pease because my dear friend and two-time guest uh, Helen Gardner uh, has run for the foundation. So oh, she,
1: really?
0: yeah, I'll send you links so you can talk, and I'll introduce you both as well because she's just an amazing human, and so are you. And is she yeah, in Atlanta? She, no, she's she was she was at oh, uh, okay. Peachtree Bikes in Atlanta. Yeah. And then she's out here in Colorado. So she's done multiple events. She's done the Marine Corps marathon with an athlete nice. and put together a, a ride, like a three day ride in uh, southwestern Colorado. So
1: she, that's awesome.
0: You would be besties for sure. I think she's great.
1: Love her. Yeah. Working with Kyle Peace, I, I was really lucky to get to run regularly with this athlete, Ryan, who I became friends with. And we would. Uh, do triathlons with him as well and I would do the swim I did not do the bike I was like that is my weak spot I cannot pull a human being on a bicycle um, <laughs> but then we would all join for the run and we would sing Alan Jackson songs because he liked to sing while we were racing and it was just like this is the best experience ever like so much fun I love Kyle Peace they're <laughs> such good people <laughs> all good things
0: well, and I would love to connect with your your wheelchair athlete because I've had Warm Front customers that they were uh, adult children of uh, older people. And just simply because it's way easier to get the garment on and off that um, yeah. one woman bought a couple for her dad. And he's like, he's always cold and trying to get a blanket around him. But yeah, again, I've made a, a i have made aai think the world changes one person at a time
1: mm-hmm. and
0: sports and things change one person at a time. And as, as a, as an intentional effort on my part, I've reached out to uh, larger plus size athletes, um, uh, you know, anybody that I'm not really looking to, you know, fill out my diversity scorecard, but I'm looking for people that
1: right.
0: are, engaged and giving it a shot and just want to a reinforce that and go, look, what you're doing matters. And I'll never know how hard your struggle is, but I'm here to support you and and thank you. And if we can work together, it's, you know, intentional on my part, because it matters. I think it makes a difference.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you should reach out to Kyle peace and see if you guys can do like a a sponsor or something. Cause one thing with the athletes is with the, the morning races, they, I mean, we have them layered up in blankets and hats and gloves. Like they, oh, they for sure. cold. So you should reach out to them and be like, Hey, would this be a good option? Like to work together on something? They, they might be really idea. into that. Yeah. I will. And Brent, Brent and Kyle are the two founders of uh, the brothers and they're just like such good people. They're really sweet. So they're they're good to talk to (laughs) and be friends with for sure
0: so what's been the 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 impact of fill the well with some of your experience have you are there some stories that you'd like to share about people that you've met through this
1: uh i mean so far it's just been really cool like to meet the models who are willing to just you know jump in and and go for it. Um, I've made a few friends through it. I uh, I was a part of. I don't know if you know about the Live Feisty Media gals. Have you heard of them, Live Feisty? Yeah,
0: I have. I, Somebody yeah. posted like a job description on Facebook, and I poked around their site and I'm like that's really cool.
1: Yeah, they're great, and they just uh, they just had their first women's um, or women's performance and sport summit. Um, and I was a part of it this past weekend. I got to play host to a couple of really incredible speakers, um, and I hosted a little like it was all online, by the way, which was a really cool experience actually, and I loved it. Like to do a a summit with three hundred people all online was really cool. Uh, wow. I didn't know if it would be really cool, but it was really cool. <laughs> um, and they had like expo booths, and I got to have a fill the well little expo booth and. I just apparently like was the <laughs> I was like the entertainment because I would just turn on my camera and like dance with my dogs and like do <laughs> you a know, little like dumb fashion show like if you guys want this this is the race cat and then uh, and like apparently I like there was like a text chain going like have you are you watching Corey's expo booth she's insane. <laughs> <laughs> And I ended up making a few friends through that, which was really cool. And, and um, I have an athlete in Belgium who reached out and now she's wearing fill the Well, which was really cool. It's been it's been an awesome experience. And I always say, like, I'm going to keep doing it. I don't care if I make any money, but as long as I'm still having fun with it, I'm going to keep doing it. So, so far, it's been really fun.
0: <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that because that's <laughs> that's been. Uh, my experience with, well, this podcast and with The Warm Front too, is that it's given back more than I ever expected. And it's not financial. And I'm not too concerned yeah. about that. Connections like yeah. this would mm-hmm. never have happened had I create not created either one of those two ventures. And it's more important to me to, again, make the world a little bit smaller and meet people. And And if some sales come out of it, great. But it's, I just, I'm not that wrapped up. Yeah. And I'm not so concerned.
1: I'm the exact same way. It's like, I have a full-time career as a tattoo artist. Like this is my passion project. This is for funsies. Like I, it'd be cool if I could make this my career someday. That is a goal to make Phil the well, my full-time job and like have a team and like a production line and all this stuff. But also until then, like I said, I'm having fun and I just want to make people smile and put them in cool outfits that make them feel good about themselves. Like that's what I'm here for. And if it goes further than that, cool. If it doesn't and it stays exactly where it is right now, that's fine too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think you're doing business the right way because at oh, cool. your your soul and your character and your heart is coming through and all that you do. And it's like, that that book a thousand true fans like when it when it hits and connects with somebody it's going to be so impactful that it's going to be a a forever partnership and that's yeah hey i'm not gonna lie would i love to have this podcast and my clothing company be you know funding my learjet with my face on the tail well of course i'm not gonna (laughs) obviously
1: who doesn't want a private jet i know i do Who's ready to go to Bali? Me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But, and I'm not saying that those, it can't coexist with who I am as a person, but I think chasing the dollar at the start, I I don't know. It's just not how I think about those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, This is like potentially completely off subject, but I do like to discuss um, relationships with money. Like I think, our society has such a messed up relationship with money. Like we all want it, but it's totally demonized. Like if you have too much of it, then you're going to be a bad guy. Look at Lex Luthor. Look at the Malfoys. Look at the mean (laughs) girls. You know, they're all the richest people in town. Like I could talk about that side of things for ages because it's like, sure. I would, like you said, I would love for this to go through the roof and for me to Mm. be able to buy a house in downtown Boulder, Colorado, instead of renting. That would be awesome. (laughs) who doesn't want that but I also think that yeah having your heart in the right place is is very crucial to to not only achieving that one day but also achieving that and not becoming Lex Luthor because that's not real (laughs) (laughs) right yeah
0: Well, going back to something you said about uh, being a a tattoo artist and then designing your kits, like you, you you described them perfectly and I'll post images of the kit designs and trust me when I say this, and this is a real compliment. Your kits are great and they, they, they work in a vacuum standing alone. And also because I've seen a lot of them that just, they the design doesn't translate and I've seen the, yeah. the tribal and the ink stuff and oh. yours <laughs> land so perfectly with what you're trying to do with being fun and whimsical and bright, but still having, you could definitely tell that they're tattoo inspired without just yeah. being, you know, so well done there for sure.
1: Oh, thank you. That's so huge. That like makes my heart want to explode. Nice right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> I mean that in a good way. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's like the highest compliment I could receive today. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it's sincere. And I, I've been in that industry directly as a sales rep for years. And so I've seen some kids that are like, well, everything's subjective. I'm not going to call their baby <laughs> ugly, but man, like, have you seen this? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's
1: kind of how I felt about the triathlon industry, like or like the designs of race kits and stuff for so long. When I first started out, I was just like, "No, nah, I wear that." <laughs> like, uh-uh. but yeah, uh, that's just man. I'm gonna be flying high today. Feeling good. <laughs>
0: Well, and like I said, in our, one of our Instagram exchanges, I do want to work with you to design a warm front kit for sure, because I just, I think you could capture my, uh, my ethos, my goofiness when it comes to the product, but just like the colors and things like that. And then I am, and I am saving up uh, to buy a fill the well kit too. So (laughs) it's great. I love the color combos. Like it's got a lot of my favorite pieces in there too.
1: I very much pride myself in my, um, it's like, I think what has built my tattoo career too has been my, I don't know why I'm good at it, but I'm good at colors. I don't know why it just, they make sense to me and I'm just going to keep sticking to it. (laughs) And yeah, so the fact that people appreciate the color palette is huge to me because that's like what I love most about design is the color palette for sure.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been great. And I, I, I seek out these conversations with, um, to, to relate to people that have been through challenges and share that experience. And hopefully it, it reinforces my journey, but also, you know, just thank you for being open and vulnerable and, and, uh, and talking about this. It's been great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I appreciate you inviting me on in general. That's amazing. Thank you.
0: Well, and we have to stick together. All, all of these solopreneurs have to stick together and support each other <laughs> and, and you know, share the love and share the expertise and, and help each yeah. other out. Cause that's the only way it, it moves forward.
1: For sure. Absolutely. I'm all, well, I'm all about I'll, it. I'm here for it. Oh
0: yeah. Good. And if you need anything, <laughs> seriously, you know, in the bike and try world or entrepreneurial world, please reach out. I'm happy to connect in any way that I can.
1: Thank you. You're like my fairy godfather.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I will take that job. Absolutely. <laughs> So, hey, I'll post links to uh, the site and your info, but where can people track you down and become a part of this really cool uh, inclusive movement for Fill the Well?
1: Yeah, so on Instagram, it's at fillthewellathletics with underscores between each word. Uh, No underscore after athletics, though. Uh, And the website is (laughs) fillthewellathleticwear.com. Somebody bought fill the well athletics before I could get it because the internet is terrible. So it's <laughs> fill the <a> well athleticware.com.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: I refuse I to fall for their. I bought it first. Now you have to buy it from me thing. So I was like, Nope. Nuh-uh. I'll just change it a little bit for the website.
0: <laughs> Jackasses. Do they, I do, know, they offer right? up? <laughs> do they quote oh, you a they, price?
1: A thousand dollars. I was like, you are high off your ass. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take my $20 squarespace.com. <laughs> like, nah, screw you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would spin up another website called youcansuckit.com and then just right? email me here.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, here's your, my offer. I know this isn't <laughs> on video, but for everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some certain finger movements, finger gestures were just involved.
0: That's right. In that yeah. Okay. <laughs> told them Told them they're number one. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You're number one.
0: <laughs> uh, well, well, thanks a ton, Corey. I'm gonna hit stop here. Hold on for a second, but uh, yeah, Corey James, fill the well. Athletics. Nice job. Well done. Thanks. <laughs> Episodes of this podcast are produced and written by me, Matt Sodnikar. The intro was engineered by good friend Cole Weinman. And our original score theme song, Retro Funk, was composed by previous guest, a good friend, Randy Wiaffe. I also have two requests. If you like this show, please share it with a friend who you think might like it. And also take the time to show them how to listen to a podcast, either on Apple... Transistor or Spotify. And I know you know somebody out there that would make a fantastic guest. And if you do, please shoot me an email to podcast at thewarmfront.com. Thanks for listening.